It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To infinity and beyond! This is me. This is how I win. Were you rushing or were you dragging? Answer! You're a wizard, Harry. Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. No, I am your father. Hasta la vista, baby. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Hello everyone, welcome back inside the film room. Zach Goins here with Johnny Sobchak. Johnny, welcome back to another episode. How are you? I'm doing well, Zach. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. We've got a big episode, a big post-Oscars episode coming at you one day later so that we can really digest everything that went down last night. So Obviously, that's going to be a hot topic that we're going to close the episode with. But before that, we have a lot on tap as well. Falcon and the Winter Soldier finale. Got to go through that. Give it a a final episode breakdown and overall series. How did we feel about it? We'll dive into that. And Mortal Kombat is the the review this week. And as always, we've got some exciting news to, to go through. So it's going to be a big one, Johnny. I'm ready. I'm prepared. What's been going on in the in the world of Johnny Sobchak this week beyond <laughs> watching Mortal Kombat and the Oscars? Yeah, um, and Falcon Winter Soldier. I, I will say the one main thing um, that I have been getting caught up on, I, would, I guess, is like Invincible uh, over on Amazon Prime Video, which is the, the new animated uh, adaptation of the comic series from uh, Robert Kirkman which is, uh, you know, this author of the and creator of The Walking Dead as well. Um, and I never really got into The Walking Dead. This is obviously a very different kind of show. Um, but still, uh, though it is animated, and I'm sure everyone probably already knows this, it is not kid-friendly. It's very extremely violent, extremely uh, mature. And uh, I dig it. It's very, it's different. Um, and, you know, I think in a, a ecosystem filled with, 
comic book adaptations and superhero shows and things like that it's you know it stands out as its own thing and it's it's kept me interested and i am almost complete i have one episode i think to finish and then i'll be ready for i believe it's a season finale this week this is going to be the last episode of season one i have been slacking on that because i got those screeners like the first couple episodes like right a month, yeah, yeah. Be- a month before it came out never watched it and then like i still get like, like a what? weekly screener earlier in the week um but i have been slacking and hadn't watched that however i have been tearing through another adult animated comic book show which yeah. is the harley quinn series on hbo yes, max sir. i know you've you've watched it previously um i've seen a good amount of it yeah i, I haven't caught up or finished all of it but i need to it's so good i like okay. just, I, I had heard people talk about it and say that it was really good and so i figured i'd throw it on probably like last week end of last week and yeah just have gone through it the first season was 13 episodes i'm halfway through the second season which is all they've done so far but it's yeah. so funny and like the perfect like margot robbie is perfect as harley quinn in live action but like this this iteration kaylee cuoco from big bang theory is the the voice of her here but just like obviously the comics lend themselves because it is that's the where the the origin is it's much more like realistic to the character i guess than what you can do on screen um and so it's it's really fun and also as as i've referenced for literally anyone who's ever listened i always defer to either you or jake when it comes to like lore and backstory about like comic <laughs> characters and stuff so i feel like i'm they getting pack a lot into that show right i feel like i'm getting a bit more of a understanding of just different characters in general like i know obviously king shark is going to be in in suicide squad and he's like a major character yeah. in the the animated series obviously very different since this one is like intellectual versus hand yeah but, yeah but uh just like getting to kind of explore the world out of just like the mainstream tv or mainstream big screen movies so i've been uh going through that at a, at a quick pace this week and then also uh checked out the mitchells versus the machines which will be i don't want to give up too much about that because it's not out yet and that's our big review next week on right. netflix so i will say two two thumbs up my review is on the site if you want to get an early head start on it but Whoa, uh two thumbs I, well that was just a, a phrase i was just yeah. using that as a phrase it's not like a five-star yeah. perfect movie but uh, i enjoyed it i enjoyed it quite a bit um walking it back now i see <laughs> it was just a common expression johnny but uh that was good and a lot of fun very creative talking about animation that's like a very creative like not your typical pixar or just like cartoon animation so right. Yeah, yeah, that's from from Lord and Miller and Sony Pictures who did uh, the Into the Spider Verse, obviously. Yeah. So, sort of different elements of of that there. And then I also watched Stowaway on Netflix, which came out last week. Um, and you know what? We're not a fan of that one. I was shocked. I don't know. Have you even heard of this? The it's like the the space movie with Tony Collette and Anna Kendrick. Yeah, I mean, I've heard the basic things about it, but I have not even seen a second of footage. Yeah, I I had gotten a screener for it from them, so I figured I'd check it out and did not end up writing it up for the site. So this is my review right here. <laughs> but oh, good. Uh, 
but breaking news. I was shocked when I checked that 75% on the tomato meter from critics, 60% audience score. And I just did not necessarily care for this much at all because my letterbox review here, we'll pull that up. And uh, that's my official review, I guess. But <laughs> to me, this was very much a generic, like run of the mill sci-fi outer space movie. Right. So yeah. I, I did, I got a little creative with my, my letterbox review and I made it a Mad Libs. Um, oh. So it was space movie Mad Libs. Astronauts are headed to Mars, but on the way they run out of oxygen. However, the captain won't agree to sacrifice the mission. <laughs> like that's literally the most basic outer space movie I've ever heard of. Um, yeah, I don't know about you. A... I know you're huge into the sci-fi world, but literally there wasn't this. I feel like I'm being too harsh. This was not like a horrible movie. I wasn't like dreading every moment that I watched it by any means, but it was just like nothing new, nothing noteworthy added to the genre or to like the, these movies have been done and done so much better Right. that I mean, beyond like a couple cool shots in space, a couple like the the score was pretty enjoyable, but you know, it's not like I'm not crazy about Anna Kendrick in general. So the Tony Collette was kind of wasted. So it just wasn't really didn't really come together to be much. Daniel Day Kim in that as well. My guy sounds Jim like, from, uh, from Lost. Sounds like a typical uh, Netflix release there, Zach. Yeah, you know, like I said, very surprised to see those as positive reviews as it ended up with. Um but I guess they were probably just like, okay, we just did uh, the Midnight Sky. We've still got like the space set up. Let's go ahead and pump out <laughs> another one while we're here. Um, Guys, quick. But, who, can we, who can we call to show up on set? <laughs> exactly. So apparently people are recommending it. I would not recommend it, but uh, Stowaway is there on Netflix if you need it. <laughs> but that's, that's my TV and movie week this week. Oh, it's yeah. been good. That's, that does sound good. Sounds pretty productive. Um, the biggest yeah, no, TV though. Pass on that. Yeah, yeah I, I would don't think you would enjoy it too much. <laughs> but the biggest TV, as we mentioned, that we have both been watching. Oh, let's get into it. The Falcon oh. and the Winter Soldier, the finale, ah. episode six. One world, one people. Your generic plot synopsis of the week says: As the Flag Smashers escalate their efforts, Sam and Bucky take action. Yes, they do. Oh, man. Do they ever. Johnny, I need to know. We haven't talked about it too much, honestly, because I watched it the evening of Friday. So I, neither of us with this show were like 9 a.m. or 3 a.m. watchers, I don't believe. Uh, um, <laughs> but uh, I watched it Friday night. I don't even think you got around to it until like Saturday night or Sunday. Yeah. But Yeah, I was, I was slow, slow getting onto it, yeah, unfortunately. First off, before we get into the specifics of the episode, just general thoughts on it. How did it how did it live up to or not live up to the hype? The the this for this specific episode. We'll hit the series as a whole at the right. end of our little discussion here. But I've obviously everyone's a little hesitant following WandaVision and and some potential letdown there. Did you go into yeah. this with high hopes? I know you hadn't been as high on this series in general as I have, but yeah, walk me through it. Um, so for this episode specifically, 
Um, you know, I, I saw that this was like by far the worst reviewed episode of the of the series. Um, and you know, I can see why that is because I feel like compared and uh, to the other episodes that have come before this one, um, it, it it does feel a little almost like I don't even know how to describe. It. I mean. Again, I have not been a fan of this this series that much. Like I've I quite liked the first episode, and then I I really enjoyed probably the second most um, episode, the previous one, so episode five. Um, so the, apart from those two, it's been very low on my end, and I think that this was pretty much more of the same, but on but not even by like it wasn't worse to me necessarily. So I, I kind of like, I get it, but I also don't really understand why it was kind of perceived that way. Um, I do I do recognize that they did have a lot to cover and really smash into this last, you know, less than an hour of television, um, which didn't, really didn't do them any favors. I think the pacing on this show in particular that was something I, I mentioned and something I wasn't a fan of already, but I think that that really showed itself even more in this episode um, because it did not um, give give the proper amount of attention or time, I think, to to certain scenes, certain subplots uh, and, and their resolutions. I, I, yes, there was a ton to fit into this episode. I mean, I we had a ton of questions last week when we were coming into you know, what's, how right. are they going to wrap it up? What's, what's going to be resolved? What's going to extend further into the, the universe and be wrapped up later. But there was, a, a, again, similar to like last week, how I said that it felt like two different episodes. I feel like right. this one felt that way as well, that like the first 30 minutes was kind of like the action pack. Like I could see that, yeah. Solve the, solve the issue, the resolution of everything, and then wrap up loose ends in the final 30 minutes and have it a little more low-key. Um, right. No but I was... <laughs> that's low-key is later. <laughs> um, right. But uh, I thought that it was like, for the most part, fitting a good ending. It did... My biggest thing was that this, obviously the show... Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it did a good job of tying up both of their stories. Like, yes, there were a ton of loose ends still that that are going to be needed to be need to be addressed at a later date, which I mean, you can't be too upset about that, considering that it is Marvel and that like, yes, this is its own standalone series, but it's also part of the bigger universe. So like, they're surely going to circle back to to something from this later on. Speaking of circling back to this later on there's something that we need to uh, discuss. I guess looking into the future of these characters afterward, there was some big news that came out. I think it was Friday, the day that this premiered, but um, we'll talk We'll talk more about that towards the end, I suppose. And you're a teaser, getting the people hyped up. They've got to keep tuning in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I thought that I didn't even know until I pulled it up now that you mentioned it, but I didn't realize that this was such a, not necessarily poorly reviewed, but 64% on Rotten Tomatoes for the final episode. Um, So So it's turned a little bit. It's got a little bit better since I I saw it. Yeah. Episode five was 100%. Episode four was 90%. So that's absurd. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) But but like, again, I thought that it did a, a succinct job of like tying up everything that we needed to know from from this show. Like Falcon had his big 
his big moment as Captain America, set the stage for him moving forward and let him be a badass, let him drop some knowledge and and inform people about like being woke basically. Um yeah, and then man. like we got we got the Bucky resolution about the only thing we didn't get to see Bucky be like all out winter soldier. Like I kind of expected or hoped that there would be like now that he has mastered like his self-control, he would be able to like channel that ability, but to have control over it, you know, versus like he's kind of like a limited version. It's not like he is the winter soldier anymore. He's just like super strong Bucky. Um but so with, like we got to see like him come full circle with the the whole crossing off the list, getting his closure, and then right. them two them two being buddy buddy and not rivals anymore or anything. So that to yeah. me, for it being the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it handled both of their stories well and wrapped it up, but also set it up for ne- what's next. Right, right on. Um, yeah, I just okay so. I guess the biggest thing of this episode, which everyone's been talking about and has gotten the most attention by far, is is that Falcon is he is Captain America now. He's not Falcon anymore. Um, so Sam Wilson's taken over the mantle, taken over the shield. He's got his brand new uniform um, that the Wakandans, I guess, mocked up for him. Uh, you know, new wings, new color scheme, all that good stuff. Star on the chest. Um, what do you think of that? How they revealed it, um, how what it looked like in action, all that good stuff. Um, well, obviously we knew it was coming because of the whole tease at the end of the last suspect. episode. Yeah, it was definitely and coming. I had the unfortunate opportunity, the unfortunate, I don't even know what word is I'm trying to reach for, but <laughs> it was I was presented a toy version of Falcon oh. in his suit. Someone sent me unsolicited photos of oh my god of him of the action figure i know come on you have to ask for those (laughs) but i got a picture of like the the toy the action figure for falcon in his new captain america suit so like i knew what it was going to look like which i was a little bummed that that i saw that but you know i think that it i liked the way that it was He's still Falcon, but he is Captain America. Now it's not like, okay, you have to stop being who you are. Here's the outfit. Here's the shield. That's it. But it's like incorporating the wings and his goggles and everything that he still was, right, right. but just adding yeah, yeah, yeah. more to it. So that yeah. that worked really well for me. I was pleased with that. That, And that also helps set him apart as obviously he is very different from Chris Evans and Steve Rogers, but like this makes it even more that he's not just trying to be Steve, but he's his own version of Captain America which is very much the issue that that um, John Walker ran into of trying to right. be Steve versus yeah. being his own cat. That's a that's a really good point, actually. And that's it, something I, <laughs> I say that was a really good point because I, I literally had not thought of John Walker a single second since this episode ended. Um, <laughs> and, and then so like that the good point there is that what did you think about John Walker where they leave his not only where they leave his character at, but I guess where they leave him at, but also how he basically got, I was I know, not shafted by this, this show. Like it was like, he was a, a an integral key. He was, he was character. the night King who went out in episode three and then didn't get it to come back. He got a I little mean, bit more love than the night King in the finale, but 
I mean, I get, I get, yeah. I mean, he was there and he was, you know, he was active, but it was like. His story was not. His story, it, it didn't really, it didn't make me feel anything. It didn't necessarily like, I, I guess mean, it made I think sense. The biggest the thing with that was that it was just like, so obviously for those who are listening and choose to listen without watching the show, the whole idea was that this disgraced John Walker as Captain America got his title stripped from him and after murdering someone and now he just comes back to try and murder another person to try and kill Carly and then ends up getting a bit of redemption as he has that big moment where it's basically looking left looking right am I going to go after the kill or am I going to go save these people and it kind of almost works to like snap him back to his senses of like this is who I'm what who I am what I'm here for um and so then that kind of disturbed me though how it was just like okay he did this and then like Bucky and Sam both seemed to be like all right that's good enough for me like we're all no beef here no bad blood so yeah that kind of rubbed me the wrong way of that it was just (laughs) kind of brushed brushed aside that he had done horrible things and was not I guess people still don't know that he took the super soldier serum though so like I guess that's kind of, I guess you can infer probably, but it hasn't been like explicitly revealed to right, others, right, right, right. but I guess not. so maybe they would feel a little more negatively towards him if they knew that. Cause we know, I guess we know more about his wrongdoing than the characters do. Um, I mean, it's world. I mean, the, what, uh, what more wrongdoing do you need to hear or know? I mean, they, they had the footage. Everyone was recording him murder that guy. Like, everyone knows he murdered someone. So I feel like what, what else can we add on top of that other than, oh, yeah, he took the, the serum, but like. Right, but I mean, like, moving forward, like, obviously the murder, whole, that's horrible. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but like. Respect. They, I guess in, in their eyes, they're, yes, put, that's the tagline of the episode. Murder, horrible. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> um, but like in their eyes that was like a singular item and it's in the past versus like right. we know that he is continuing to be a threat moving forward because he has taken the salt the serum versus them who may see him sort of like okay we put him back in his place he's not a threat anymore what right. that's what i was trying to say i guess okay i guess that's fair um but yeah because the the whole well it's funny because coming into the show we knew he was going to be playing the character of U.S. agent, right? John Walker is this 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 moniker he has, but he, it, I guess, we didn't realize he that he wasn't actually going to earn it or get that name until the very end, which is what happens um, with Val, the last Correct. thing that they can just share. Um, I didn't like how she kind of just seemed to pull that out of thin air. You like know, she had, like, she, like she's like, "Hey, you're a U.S. agent," like in the comics that everyone knows you from right like the way that she was like not a captain america but a a u.s age like, like that makes like that what the fuck are you talking that felt about? very for, that felt very forced like if i were I john walker JLD. no really though if i if i had been john walker in that scene i'd have been like what 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 lady what the hell are you talking about honestly like that doesn't make any sense but hey we'll ride with it um but, but we, yeah that we, kind of Go ahead. I was going to say that kind of set the stage for that character moving forward with the right, yeah, the 
she's gonna she said things are gonna get weird like as we know eternals is coming multiple things in the mcu are gonna get weird it's but, been weird though, let's be real but she's very much we said it last week she seems to be like an anti-nick fury working somewhere yeah. in between yeah indifferent yeah. to evil um like i feel like she's kind of on a spectrum there um yeah but not on the right side of it <laughs> she's like middle to bad um, <laughs> she's but, she's neutral leaning bad um but i feel like this is very much like is it dark avengers is it the thunderbolts I think it, I think like, it's thunder it has to be thunderbolts right because they have they have zemo kind of set up for that and now they have u.s agents set up as, as well we know and there's been kind of some rumblings about red hulk and we have the, the she hulk series coming out there's also um tim roth returning as uh, abomination potentially so i mean there's definitely some some pieces in play that they could pull from for that but um i don't know is that something you would be looking forward to or something you'd be interested in them doing with the, like these characters going forward or what would what would you prefer to see if anything I mean, or would you rather just not give a shit about john walker ever again i mean i think he has potential to be a good character like i mean i like wyatt russell for the most part like he's been pretty good i think that if we get to see him sort of he was a very good villain and like we liked hating him at least i did mm -hmm. um so i think there's potential there i i think that it's very much like obviously in the infinity saga it was like okay individual 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 build up team movie so like they're working towards multiple teams so we already have the eternals we have uh potential like new avengers or young avengers so this yeah. could just be another another one of those, whether it's their own whole movie or world, or if it's just a antagonist oh, for them to, to go up against. Thank yeah. you for that. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I mean, I hear you. Um, I guess. Okay, I, I mean, that makes sense. And I, I think that they definitely have a few different routes they could go. I don't really care necessarily at this point which way they go, because... I guess for these characters in particular, I'm not particular like I'm not passionate about them. Um, and also I'm just I think that these these Marvel shows thus far are like not entirely like doing it yet, but I would I would assume they're gonna get better as they get more and more experience with it. Um, so on top of that's where John Walker gets left at. We have some other closure with um uh Isaiah Bradley, I think, is like the main thing because that's the final note that the episode ends on. Um, and that's, of course, Sam, once he like goes public with the shield, with the mantle and, and the, the whole Captain America name, even during his little speech there at the end when the, the cameras are on him, it shows, it cuts to Isaiah Bradley watching him. Um, and Sam actually says some things that they basically sound like they're addressing Isaiah like directly, but he doesn't say that, of course. It's more broad. Um, and then at the very end, we get a, I thought it was a good moment. I mean, I really wish that they had even done even more with Isaiah Bradley and more with this kind of subplot. Honestly, it could have been the main plot. It could have been, uh, this is something I mentioned previously talking about this show, but it could have been a Falcon show. It just could have been Sam Wilson and, and completely focused on him and domestic issues and things like that. But um, it does end on a good note with uh Sam goes to Isaiah Bradley. They have a little kind of discussion back and forth. And he's like, hey, man, come with me. Um, I got to show you something. 
and he takes him to the exhibit, which has been there since episode one, which is where um, Sam and Rhodey uh, had their first conversation after Sam gave up the shield. And there is now a section, a pretty big section of the statue and everything of Isaiah Bradley um, discussing, you know, how the the U.S. government screwed him over, um, you know, imprisoned him, tortured him, experimented on him, all that. Uh, so the truth is out there. Like people are actually going to know his story and 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 know what he did and what what happened to him. So I thought that was a for that character and for what they had been building up with that. I thought that was the right move, and it, it seemed like a, you know. Again, we talked about this on that final conversation with Isaiah Bradley. Was it, I think, last episode? Um, and then in this yeah. one, we were like, okay, is that going to be it for him? Or are we going to see him again or not? And it, they did bring him back. And now, once again, it seems like they're done. seems like that could be the final note on it. Or maybe, you know, this guy's a great actor. Maybe they do potentially bring Isaiah Bradley that, back. I mean, that was like... Capacity. That was one of the most... The discussion and then the museum scene was like probably the most powerful moment from this show yeah the yeah the actor yeah. the actor that plays isaiah bradley was better than anybody else in the show except maybe daniel Bruhl, honestly um yeah but, i mean i 100 agree with that i mean i think uh carl umbley who who plays isaiah bradley is i mean he's an older actor of course and i'm not familiar with any of his other work because he has had a, a seemingly long career but yeah, I, I'd certainly be down to see more of him if they come up with something worthwhile. Uh, I feel like it would be more likely, though, that his... Is it the grandson or nephew? What is the relationship? I can't remember. Yeah, um, I, I want to say it's a grandson. That, that maybe that could be... I feel like it's a 50-50 shot that either he is or Sam's buddy from the military takes up the, as the new Falcon. The new Falcon. Yeah, I was, yeah, that's something that crossed my mind as well. Um, but yeah, the biggest... The biggest thing we haven't talked about yet, which I guess will be the last thing, um, the whole power broker reveal. Um, it, it's complete horseshit, Zach. I want to. I want to. I want to <laughs> talk about this because it was hinted at previously that Sharon Carter is the power broker, could be the power broker. Revealed concretely here that she is during her her standoff with Carly after the GRC convention or vote, whatever that was, but. Yeah. Sharon is revealed it is revealed that uh Sharon was working with Carly that Carly was her muscle basically but then broke away to pursue her own one world one people flag smashers agenda because Sharon wants to rule and have power but Carly wants to change the world versus rule it um and as they have this standoff and Sam's before Sam gets there uh they just kind of have their disagreement and Sharon gets shot, but shoots and kills Carly. Um, before yeah. it is revealed, the final words from Carly to Sam are, I'm sorry, not she's the power broker. <laughs> um, but yeah. I want to talk about this reveal because there are a lot of things here that don't necessarily add up because, That's an first of all, yeah, I watched I watched a video breakdown of this, and these were all good points from uh, Ken Wait, Jack. Is that what you said in the group chat earlier? Yeah, I yeah. sent it in the group chat. That was just a snippet of it, but I, I didn't get a, a chance full, to watch it. But there was a full video. But uh, so in Avengers Endgame, it's shown on the screens when they're monitoring who's snapped away in the blip that right. Sharon was gone. So she was gone from 2018 to 2023. Yeah. Um, and 
if, if she came back, how did she accumulate this power so quickly? Right. Because yeah. her pardon, or she went off the grid in 2016 after Civil War. Um, so it's either she was gained this power and then disappeared and then came back and just stepped right in, or she stepped right in quickly after the blip and like took advantage of the chaos, I guess, to become the power broker. Um, and Zemo had said previously that he knows who the power broker is when they go to Madripoor, right. but he'd been locked up since 2016, since Civil War. So yeah. I don't know how he, unless it's just like a title that somebody takes over, like, but he seemed to act like he knew who the power broker was, not just like the power broker, you know, yeah. like he seemed to know who it was. And the final thing, which is what the video I sent in the group chat was talking about if she's the power broker and at the end in the post credit scene, she gets her part and she's back as agent Carter. And she's like, Oh, I'm sad. There's no more super soldier serum, but we have information now. Cause I'm on the inside. But if you're really sad, there was no super soldier serum. Why did you lead Bucky and, and Sam and Zemo to the creator of the super soldier serum and have Zemo a known hater kill this person <laughs> and also, why did you risk your life with like 20 assassins right. coming after them? Like if these were your people and your investment here? Yeah, no, I mean, none of it makes sense. And I thought that Sharon's involvement in this entire show didn't make sense from the very that first time she showed up in Madripoor because I was just like, on a basic level, like logistically, her, her involvement and her showing up to like rescue them. I thought it was just complete nonsense. And then from that, it's basically snowballed into this whole power broker subplot, which again, another subplot that never really went anywhere, never really got the attention that it really fully needed. And then in this last episode, they kind of haphazardly slapped it together with this reveal um, that as you've you know very thoroughly pointed out, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, but I guess they're just thinking we're not going to care. Or we're not going to think about it very much because that's what I assume is going to be going forward with her character. I mean, who knows what other shows she's going to show up in, what other films she's going to show in. Perhaps the the uh, that bit of news that we got on Friday as well that we're going to talk about in just one sec is going to be part of that or not. But I don't know. Uh, it, it doesn't seem... I, I just don't know enough about Sharon Carter from the comics, um, Agent 13. I don't know if, if this is where what they do with her, where they turn her into like this almost like anti-hero um, or like kind of like villain. Like it seems like a very antagonistic character. I mean, um, and that was not at all what she was like in uh, Civil War or the Winter Soldier. Right. She was, I mean, of course, people people turn and, and and reveal things all the time, but for a a relative of um, Peggy Carter and for someone that Steve is like very close to, it does seem very like wrong like it feels wrong and it feels just like nonsensical i i don't know really what what to think of it outside of that yeah I, i'm not crazy about it i'm not crazy about her necessarily as an actress as well um, right yeah me neither fairly stiff i don't i'm trying to find the the name here on the the wikipedia i don't know i haven't seen her in anything else i don't think the fandom page was that I don't, this is a maybe a dumb question i didn't watch it i don't know if you did but that show back, it was on ABC, the Agent Carter show. Was that about oh, her? Was that about that Sharon about Carter or was that Peggy? Okay. It was Peggy. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So we'll <laughs> um, see. We'll see where that, that ends up. But well, uh, I guess, okay. So 
one, one more thing, because we'll talk about this in relation to the show and then we'll kind of wrap up our final thoughts on the show real quick. But it does need to be said, uh, the, the big piece of news we got related to this on Friday was that the uh, next Captain America big feature film, Captain America 4, for lack of a better word, is going into the development with the showrunner behind the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, so be writing it, kind of overseeing it. Not clear who will direct um, or who is going, who's going to star in it apart from presumably um, Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson and as the new Captain America. Potentially Bucky will be in there. Potentially Sharon Carter or Zemo, um, J- John uh, Walker. I mean, there's a lot of options. Um, but what do you think of that news and, and what would you like to see? What do you think they can kind of take from this or improve on? Or I was honestly surprised. Like I hadn't even thought about it necessarily. Obviously they do at the end of the show here they pull up the Falcon and the winter soldier title and then change it to captain America and the winter soldier. Right. Um, but I kind of figured that they'd cut like ease him into the, the film world. I know right. it's all like one interconnected world, but that it would be more of like, this is captain America in this other movie. I mean, I, if they're just now announcing it though, it's still a ways off. So we may see him on the big screen before an official captain America four, but I right. hadn't even like thought about like, just continuing on the Captain America movies without like some sort of distinction, you know, like if there were to like how they're doing Iron Heart, the the TV show, to right. like I know she's not necessarily Iron Man, but like yeah, she's definitely if they, now now that Tony Stark is dead, like if there was to be a new Iron Man and they would just continue it and it's Iron Man four, like that would right. be weird to me. So I don't know, I hadn't even I hadn't even thought about this, but I'm excited that it is the case because I liked what I saw of of anthony mackie and sam wilson's right falcon hybrid captain america so i'm i'm with it yeah um you know as someone who's been you know very critical of the show and hasn't like been you know i haven't found it super enjoyable i'm definitely skeptical of uh, the showrunner being in charge of uh presumably the writing and story on that but Hey, I, I do like Sam Wilson as Captain America. I, I'm looking forward to seeing him more in that role. Um, Anthony Mackie as, as an actor as well. But yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, we have no other details apart from that. So uh, I think the one bit of news that we know for sure is that Steve Rogers, uh, Chris Evans, Steve Rogers, not going to be showing up in this movie. So if he does come back, it's going to be in something else, it seems like. Um, yeah, let's, uh, you know, hopefully it's something something good just something fresh something new specific to sam wilson something that you know they haven't kind of done before because i think even if you like this show a lot of it was covering old ground like it was just a lot of familiar stuff the feel of the show the look of the show um yeah it was dealing with the effects of the snap and 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 the blip which uh was different in that kind of captain america like space because we didn't have a captain america film after infinity war or endgame but um it was you know captain america's old villains and captain america's old friends all showing back up in this show and and not a lot of compelling new characters apart from i guess you could say john walker but i I think that that is a a little bit you know to be debated um but overall what did you think uh you know final thoughts on it the show as, as a series six episodes and for being the second show for marvel studios you know how how would you compare it to wandavision and what do you think moving on from this one to Loki and the others. I obviously enjoyed this more than you did. I think that I thought it was a a good show. I didn't 
I don't know. I kind of went in with more tempered expectations after WandaVision. So it wasn't like I was coming in expecting this to be like a Game of Thrones level show or something like that. Um, but I, I enjoyed it good, well enough. I thought it was a good week to week. I looked forward to it. Um, in regard to WandaVision, I would say I feel like this to me was more consistently good weekend and weekend. Like I really liked bits like episodes of WandaVision probably if I had to pick it an individual episode of WandaVision versus an individual episode of this show I would go WandaVision but quality across the board I think I liked this one <laughs> yeah because um, I had more I had more lows with WandaVision than I did with this because with this I was really just only mixed on the first episode yeah I really don't I really don't care about <laughs> about these shows like i and this is coming from someone who's really rising as like a, a fan of the mcu like someone who was interested i just had that marathon like earlier in the year of all the films um and i i felt like more excited than ever to like get back into the movies and, and have those again and i was really looking forward to having like consistent content through these shows um but yeah they're definitely uh, better at the movie side of things so far than they are on the TV side. I think that's like without a question, um, even if you do. Oh, definitely, like yeah. Um, this is, I feel like my biggest worry with this was like oversaturation. And I feel like it's headed that direction. <laughs> I'm feeling it, Mr. Krabs. Um, yeah, so I, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's what it is. I mean, Loki fingers crossed god i hope that shows it keeps me interested because this one i think comparing them it's hard to say because i feel like the disappointment and and uh letdown that i felt at the end of wandavision was worse than anything i felt during this because of those tempered expectations we had um but the highs and the week to week of wandavision um i think were better than this one for sure because it right at least in that one even if it was a, a failure of like a mystery box style plot it's still like I don't know it's like it's like a double-edged sword and it's hard to even say it was if it was good or not but it kept me interested and I was looking forward to it and we were speculating a lot um but yeah I think that Loki will end up being in the middle as far as like mood not not quality but like yeah that makes sense WandaVision WandaVision was quote-unquote out there this was more traditional I feel like Loki's gonna try and like have that fantastical element but also like the more like action-packed right. element as well so yeah i think the 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 kind of the humor and like the absurdist kind of stuff we're seeing from that show in the trailers i think is promising so god i really hope it's i hope it's better than these two because i just do not care i'm like i'm, I'm never gonna watch well we've either. only got four more this year okay so <laughs> i literally could i know there's loki i know there's what if i know hawkeye miss marvel Hawkeye's this year and miss marvel and miss marvel are both this year Oh man. All right. Because we've got Loki's June 11th, and then What If is also this summer, and then Hawkeye, I believe, is fall, and Miss Marvel probably starts at the end of the year, as well as Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett. So we'll have Disney Plus going on uh, all the time. All right. Well, moving on to the moving the news on. Let's portion. let's news it up, but let's let's rearrange the Google Doc here and we'll just tie we'll do all the Marvel together. So we'll kick off these new trailers that we got with Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Making me look like an idiot. 
episode last week comes out on Monday and then they drop it. And I'm, I'm in there saying, oh, we, does Shang-Chi even exist? We haven't seen anything from it. And then this trailer comes out, the poster comes out, nice. whatever, Marvel. Your Kevin impression Feige, is really good, by the way. I know you listen, Kevin Feige, and you did that just to spite me. But yeah. what were your thoughts here? You just talked about the look and feel of the MCU. And this Ugh. is something that, that is very much not of that same look and feel, I would say. Well, there are definitely parts in of parts, it. In parts. In parts. In parts. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, it's just a short, it's almost like a teaser because you don't get a lot of, you know, story per se. The meat and potatoes. Lot, you know, this is you all don't get the... a lot of dialogue. You don't get a lot of, uh, you know, drawn out. It's, it's very quick cut, um, you know, getting you through a bunch of different scenes. There are some very striking uh you know scenes bill pope shot this who's one of my favorite cinematographers he's did he's done some edgar wright films um and he did the matrix so on the action side of things with the colors in some scenes it looks great um there's one scene that's very much like a wuxia inspired like on wires, wires kind of like yeah. flying through the air bamboo and all that which looks very very like crouching tiger hidden dragon looks pretty neat um we'll see how good it looks like the final product because again it, it was a very quick cut um, there's also like a Skyfall kind of inspired or at least similar uh, scene up in like a skyscraper and it's like backlit with like a neon kind of like pink um, and which looks very cool. Um, but then, yeah, there's some stuff that looks like it's straight out of an Ant-Man movie where it just looks I like felt, wet. I got very heavy, very heavy Black Panther vibes from the first half okay. of the trailer I could see that because of the fact that like, I don't know if it was like, the versus like a traditional marvel score this had like the hip-hop undertone and like the it did yeah and so like and no, that hit that yeah. hit at basically the same time that like i don't remember what if it was a mercedes-benz or like a bmw but that flashy red car pulled up and they had like yeah. the low look and i was like very much like chadwick black panther in when they went to go see claw and they're like all yeah. in the the lexus or whatever those were yeah. the audis <laughs> Like Alexa, it was, right. it was very similar to, to that feel. Um, Agreed. So yeah. I know I had said that this feels different than the MCU, but Black Panther also felt different than from the MCU for the most part of that time. Right. So I guess yeah. this is like, it feels like the MCU, but not the main MCU. So, so the side MCU. So Yeah. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't know which city Shang-Chi is supposed to be living in when he, when this kind of starts or where him and Aquafina are. Um, I don't know if, if that's like public knowledge yet, yet or not, if that's supposed to be like in the United States or if it's somewhere in, in China or somewhere else in Asia. But um, yeah, and then, then it goes from that kind of setting to, yeah, the more fantastical, I guess there's like a big Mandarin like compound, it seems like. Um, and then of course there are these other, you know, action sequences and it's hard to know if these are like flashbacks, if they're historical, if it's, if it is like contemporary, like in the actual world of the MCU as it, as it exists now. Um, but I, I mean, it's got some style and it's got something new to offer, I think, culturally, uh, aesthetically. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought it was good. The music did sound good. Um, so, you know, not one of my most anticipated films by any stretch, but I think for the MCU, especially, it looks like something a, a bit fresh. Definitely. And we now know that it does exist. So thank you for that. Uh, and we can start to build, build some hype there, but a lot of other trailers as well. Uh, I guess we'll hit on the rest of the movies before we switch. We got some TV trailers, but 
one that I saw in the theaters when I went to go see the Mortal Kombat in IMAX. I did not see Dune, unfortunately, which was devastating. Which uh, is brutal. Saw the Suicide Squad IMAX trailer oh, for the first time. Um, but uh, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, another one of these hybrid Warner Brothers, HBO Max mm. movies. Are you a Conjuring fan? I, myself, I've seen the second one, but I haven't seen the first one, which doesn't make any sense. That but, then, but then when you hear that it was the summer that Movie Pass was all the rage and I was just seeing everything that was in theaters, that's why oh. I saw Conjuring 2 and I hadn't seen the first one. So, God, Conjuring 2, when, that came out in like 2016, didn't it? I was or... an early adopter for, uh, for Movie Pass. Good Lord. Um, well, regardless, um, I, I am a fan or I was a fan. It's hard to say if I still am because I have not seen either of these films in years. Uh, but I was a big fan when I was younger. I mean, I was in high school when the first one came out. So um, I remember that was a very big, fun, scary movie for everyone to go see. Um, and it was rated R. So it was kind of like a little, little, you know, more uh, intense. But uh, it, that was definitely, I think, my first ever movie, like horror movie that I would con- would have considered my favorite, like as I was getting more and more into film, was The Conjuring. Um, I mean, I definitely thought- would, would not be up there now, but... Um, I, I remember being very impressed with the second one. Like I, I like I like good. horror a good bit, but like the, it wasn't like just you know jump scares or gore or something. But it was like actually like freaky in the, the supernatural sense. And this has, I one of the big things is uh, the the child. You know, you've got to have the right possessed child in these movies. <laughs> and and this one has Julian Hilliard who. I know you just rewatched or watched it for the first time recently, which was The Haunting of Hill House. He was young Luke yeah. Crane in okay. that, and he was also Billy Maximoff in WandaVision. So this, this young boy is getting his shot, and he was very good at being scared and terrified in Haunting of Hill House. So <laughs> I have faith that he will be a good possessed child here, it seems. Yeah. Now, it's worth mentioning, though, that this is the first of the Conjuring films that will not be directed by James Wan, who is, um, you know, he directed the very first Saw, he directed these two, he did the first two Insidious films, so he's got a good track record. I mean, he has the most experience, um, he has the most goodwill. The director of this was the same guy who directed uh, La Llorona, Um, I guess that came out a year or two ago? 2019, 2019. and I have not seen that film, but I heard it was just absolutely horrible. So I'm but, nervous about this. <laughs> but he's also but, the director of the Billie Eilish Bury a Friend music video, which is very scary. So well, God win damn. some, you lose some. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't, uh, I do not have high hopes for this. Let me just say that. Um, but I didn't think this was a bad trailer necessarily. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's more of like, the demonic side of things versus i guess all of the possessions were demons but i thought this sounded this sounded interesting of just like the the line in the courtroom scene where he's like you swear in and and believe in jesus every day it's time that we start taking the devil believing in the devil too and using him for excuses so i was like hey that's kind of a good point that's that's a good point there (laughs) yeah so gotta play it both ways but it's a couple months away i believe so or it's in june i I think it's less than two months from from when we actually get to see it but but we have some other 
more fun things than uh, not that the conjuring isn't fun, but you know, a little lighter, more, more casual viewing, which is West side story. And in the Heights both had new trailer reveals last night at the Oscars. Which one do you want to talk about first? I'll take, I'll take the, the head on, on West side story because let's hear it. This film so have you seen the original or have you seen the musical like in person or anything? I have seen it when Rebecca starred in it in high Unreal. school. Unreal. But I have not seen the actual old version okay. of the film. So of course, a very renowned film, like one of the best film musicals I think everyone would say. Um, one of Spielberg's favorites, obviously, which is why I guess he chose to take this on at one best picture. It's from, I want to say 65, maybe. Um, and then... But so everyone loves that musical. So when we heard Spielberg was trying to do this, I was like, why the hell? Because I've seen it once. It was a long time ago. It was years ago. Um, I'm sure if I watched it now, I'd have different feelings. But I mean, it was, yeah, it was a pretty enticing, you know, st- you know interesting take on Romeo and Juliet. Um, looks beautiful. You know, the sets, the costumes, all that. Um, so yeah, like Spielberg taking on and like and doing a remake of something that was already so loved seemed kind of strange. Um, and it had, definitely had me skeptical, but I was glad to be feeling wrong last night after I saw this because agreed. this trailer was beautiful. It looked amazing. Um, Janice Kam- uh, Kaminsky's cinematography looks fan-fucking-tastic. Like, looks so crisp. It, honestly, at the very beginning with all the uh, kind of establishing shots of, of New York, it, the first thing that came to mind for me was actually if Beale Street could talk um with the the color grading and everything it's it's definitely more real like like i guess like naturalist compared to like the original west side story which is very vibrant like over the top theatrical Mm -hmm. um this one looks definitely more like realistic brought down a little bit but still has those pops of color still has the the beautiful costumes kind of flowing everywhere um and is set in that same time period so uh yeah i i i know there's a whole ansel elgort part of it which you know he was also a good job not including him in this trailer barely had him in there yeah he's barely in it which is which i think i mean i expected that it's definitely the wise thing to do um just because it is uh touchy touchy area without a doubt um and you have such a great is there hope just that it's kind of blown over by by december because you can't do that when the real movie comes out you know i mean i think that you just have to get i think (laughs) yeah at this point you just got to accept it and move on and they're not going to advertise it i think you have to just play it and not advertise him so much and then when they go see the movie and he's in it a lot it's just like yeah he's in it a lot there's really like we don't have anything else to really add <laughs> like or to like you can't christopher Plummer it and put another nah, face on there i don't think there's i don't think there's any chance of that happening because he isn't i mean he's the star so he's the, he's the romeo to uh um rachel, rachel Zegler's, Zegler. uh juliet so but she looks great she sounds great got a little bit of her, her vocals in there which we all know um you know she can deliver on uh, so it's exciting. I mean, I'm 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 stoked for it. Definitely made me. Uh, I'm working on a big Oscars piece um, it, that I've been de- developing for like what seems like weeks now, which actually has been weeks. Um, so I, I think I this made me want to go back and be like, oh god, I, I think West Side Story is actually going to be they're, they're coming they're coming for some big ones or they're at least going to be in contention. So um, I'm excited. And and there this I was very excited for the other musical that we're going to be talking about. They got new footage yesterday, but I think I might be more excited for this one now. It's very close. Yeah, I mean, I would probably lean West Side Story. I have familiarity with West Side Story. 
not as much within the Heights other than knowing that it's a Lin-Manuel Miranda production yeah. because I, as I've mentioned on the podcast before, like me and musicals, it's like, once I see it, I will listen to the music all the time and like, <laughs> yeah. have my, have my phase for it. But I'm not one of the people who like, Oh, this new musical came out. I haven't ever seen it, but I'm going to listen to the soundtrack anyway. You know? So like right, right. after I saw Hamilton on Disney plus, I listened to that all the time after I saw waitress on Broadway, I listened to that. So like, that's just how I approach these things. So I haven't ever listened to uh, in the Heights, but Right. the movie will definitely change that i feel like anthony ramos looks very good and sounds very good the colors opposite of what you said with with west side story this is very much the the neon the bright the colorful palette yeah. that that uh that they're going for here but i am excited to see this one on the big screen it's going to yeah. be on hbo max as well but uh yeah, i'm going for for the full effect here yes sir absolutely I, yeah, I don't really need it. I don't need to see anything else from In the Heights. Like I, I'm sold on it, um, but I, I needed to see something from West Side Story to get me excited. Right. I feel like this could be, I guess neither of these are, unless they both, as mu- musicals tend to do, I guess they usually try and like come up with a new song to force their way into the Oscars category, <laughs> right? So yeah. I was going to say this would be a big, I guess they could have like costume design and production design, like right. contention here, maybe even best picture for West Side Story with Spielberg I, behind yeah, it. But, Spielberg director, yeah. But uh, these these should be facing off, I would imagine, in uh, next award season. Yeah, yeah, Golden Globes, musical, uh, you know, comedy category, yeah. Definitely. Well, on the TV front, a couple, I know you haven't seen either of these, so we won't spend yeah, too take, much take, time on yeah. it. Go crazy but uh first off the big breaking news ted lasso season two july 23rd out of nowhere they just hit us with this johnny's not a ted head yet but it's coming i promise once he once he's <laughs> will watching he will fall in love um, i'm probably gonna try to get caught up before this new season so i can i can watch it you know, right kind of- but this this was kind of a surprise during the apple event where they announced like their new macs and phones and everything that they were talking about Apple TV and just whipped this out. We knew they were in production for a season two and that they also had renewed it for a season three. Um, but I had no idea that this was going to be so soon. July 23rd. That's right around the corner. Honestly, the last se- that's less than a year since the first season was August, 2020. So they're really just cranking this out like Mandalorian style. I feel like, um, okay. but super exciting. Uh, the crew is back together. They're uh, getting ready for the the battle ahead. I don't. I'm trying to speak vaguely because I don't yeah, want to give anything say. away for, <laughs> for Johnny. So we'll we'll end it at that. But super exciting to have them them coming back soon. And then on the the flip side, instead of a quick turnaround, this is after four years. Master of None is coming back on Netflix for season three. It's subtitled Moments in Love. Uh, this is the Aziz Ansari tv show on netflix that my probably like obviously stranger things has like the bigger connection as far as like pop culture and relevance and everything and then i'm also biased to mind hunter but this one is like very comforting master of none is so good and emotional um that it's it's always been one of my favorite i'd say those are the big three for me as far as netflix originals go but we're coming back it's different this time uh instead of aziz front and center he is going behind the lens uh to he wrote and directed these along with lena waith um who will be starring the the new season 
instead of it being him, Aziz front and center, like I said, Denise, that's Lena Waite's character and her partner, Alicia, will be at the center. Uh, and it's really diving into their relationship and the, the different struggles that they face. Um, so interesting, like Denise was a great character. She, the Thanksgiving episode of, I, I think it was season two is like one of the very best all time of this show. Um, yeah. But I'll be interested to see how they go making the full season about them. Um, I mean, I'm, I love the, the first two seasons were so great and that it, Aziz is like very charming and captivating as that character. So to wait four years and have it come back and not be the same thing, I still have faith that it'll be very good, but it's obviously going to be super different. Right. Yeah. Um, again. Uh, this is one where I don't really have interest in watching it, honestly. I mean, at least watching this upcoming season. Um, you have said very good things about the uh, first couple, so I, I would like to check those out. They're um, very – the first two seasons I would recommend at least watching because, as Josh said as well, that it, it's got the Josh Martin stamp of approval. Um, that's, that's all you need to know. They're very cinematic and, like, okay. this, new, this new season is shot on film. Um, so it's not like a traditional, like – Netflix, Netflix half hour Netflix. sitcom yeah. you know like okay it's, that's definitely more sounds more appealing so. it's very like it's much more like artsy versus mainstream so. no it almost sounds like more like an HBO series to me yeah I could see that I, I think it would fit in with their their catalog yeah um but couple couple last quick hits here for for uh TV news before we jump into the Mortal Kombat review um Hulu is developing on, on the other side of streaming things a How I Met Your Mother spinoff starring Hilary Duff, who, of course, was uh, famously given the shaft by uh, Disney for the uh, what this the hell's is, name? What the hell's Lizzie name? Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, Lizzie McGuire show that was supposed to be Disney Plus. Apparently, she wanted it to be more adult oriented, and they were like, fuck no, for whatever reason. Well, um, it so sounds now. to me, it sounds to me like. Well, first of all, can you guess what the How I Met Your Mother spinoff is titled? Uh, it's, it's really creative. It's it's really, how really I met wild. Your dad? Fun fact, that's actually what the original spinoff with Greta Gerwig was gonna be How yeah. I Met Your Dad. How dumb well, is that? This is <laughs> How I Met Your Father. Um, but genius. it's I'm curious because do you I'm think not. that they were literally they were literally like, <laughs> okay, you want Hillary or you want Lizzie McGuire to be adult? sorry too bad but we'll let you do how i met your father and you can like because this is going to be the whole lizzie mcguire thing was that she wanted it to be like about like sex and relationships and like yeah, being single like and real like, you know like lizzie mcguire taking she, plan yeah. b or something like right the but that's very much going to be if it's similar to how i met your mother like this is a young single person trying to find their relation like I feel like that's basically what this show is going to be. So that yeah. seems to be like somewhat of a compromise. They're like, okay, it's not going to be Hillary or it's not going to be Lizzie McGuire, but we'll let you take a big existing IP that we have and yeah. like use that. So I was a yeah. big fan of the, the How I Met Your Mother show. I don't know if you've watched it, but like that I was my in a single episode. That was one that like my family watched like growing up. Like it started okay. in 2005. So I was watching it Jesus at like Christ. nine years old. Like so old. <laughs> but uh so i watched like all nine seasons of that like as it was airing on tv and then i'd rewatched it with rebecca um yeah. so wow i don't know we'll see 
it's been like I loved it while I was watching it and rewatching it, and I still like consider it a favorite. But it hasn't not it has not aged necessarily very well. Like it feels very know. much a product, not not in like bad like, not like they say the n word or something, but just like oh god, it, it feels <laughs> it feels very much like the episodes from the first season feel very two thousand five in the oh, same way that like yeah. it looks the same like way it. that like friends you know friends feels very much a product of the 90s versus like the yeah. office like i know people hate the on office, office really but... does feel timeless and i can't really explain why right people hate on it for, for it being like the old, favorite but... yeah that that's one where it's like this could be said at any time period or like Agreed, it's fine yeah. to watch now in 2020 or 2021 even though it came out that again also in like 2005 so yeah uh, strong strong agree um so I mean, are you okay? Last thing on this: Are you interested in this? Are you excited to watch it? Are you gonna watch? I will. I'll definitely watch it. It's gonna be. I think it'll be interesting. I feel like that's something that they would try to address here, of like making it more updated, and also because it's gonna be on Hulu. It's gonna be like, I think they said ten episode season. So it's like, back in two thousand, like How I Met Your Mother is like nine seasons, twenty two episode seasons, like versus what this is just like. TV is so different now than than when How I Met Your Mother was in its prime. So yeah, I think it'll be before. interesting to see how they adapt that to to a modern take. Uh, yeah, fair play. Um, and then we have on the Disney Plus side of things uh, over there, uh, we were talking about all the upcoming MCU shows. Uh, and Secret Invasion is one of them. And that is going to be not a 2021 release, but supposedly will be coming out next year. We already knew Samuel L. Jackson, of course, was going to be returning as Nick Fury, kind of starring in this one. And then Ben Mendelsohn will be returning as the Skrull. Uh, I can't remember the name of his character. Does it start with a T or something? <laughs> um, Talos. Talos, that's right. So he'll be back, back in the makeup chair. But we have a couple others joining the cast, and they come in the form of Oscar winner Olivia Coleman and Game of Thrones alum amelia clark daenerys herself so two big british names uh that'll be over there when they start filming in london which i, I believe is set for this summer um what do you think uh, th this this was a back-to-back -back double double whammy right this, um, this is huge i mean obviously olivia coleman is more of the press i guess i don't know Amelia Clark has had tremendous success with game of thrones but not as much outside of that um, i mean we had her in yeah. solo we had her in um what was the the christmas movie um last uh, christmas uh, last christmas yeah um olivia coleman obviously more prestigious as a as an actress i guess um yeah not, not but both close. both huge huge gets for kevin feige to just get in his bag as he's building out the mcu <laughs> continuously yeah so this i don't know i i love amelia clark i love danny as a character until the last season our justice God, for, for i want to i want to see her be able to to shine and continue to be great because i i think she's very talented um and then olivia coleman obviously super super talented and she's been super funny in things like the favorite or in yeah. uh fleabag Hot but buzz. but uh also obviously has the dramatic chops as well so like that could really elevate yeah. this show he was to, just up to for being... an oscar last night so exactly i, I was i would, 
knew that, but I haven't seen the father. So I didn't want to, I know uh, I said I would do that last week, but I did not. So shame on me. Yeah. Shame on you. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, Livia Coleman was the first bit of news that came and I was super excited about that. Um, even though we don't really know what capacity she's going to be in. She did have a, a quote from a while back where she was talking about how cool she thought it would be to be like a bad guy in one of these superhero movies, one of the Marvel movies. So maybe they took her up on that. She'll be, uh, you know, an antagonist. Who knows? But then we also have uh, Amelia Clark, who I feel like could really go either way, which is kind of how it was in the Solo movie um, that I have not I hope seen. Her character is better than, than Kira um, in Solo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, Secret Invasion, again, not one of the shows or Marvel projects I'm like most excited about looking forward to, but they definitely have more of my uh, attention with this one now. Uh, and then finally, speaking of Daenerys, speaking of Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, the huge first official spinoff show coming um, after Game of Thrones is officially starting production and it will be releasing its first season next year. Um, great cast they got i know they got matt smith in there i know they got uh livia cook um among others so uh i'm excited it's uh you know very um upsetting memories of season eight and how game of thrones ended but and i i get that there's a lot of skepticism uh but i'm i mean as as hurt as i was by that ending and as mad as it was all that I'm not skeptical at all about this. Um, I'm super excited. I'm, I think that anything, this is going to be cleansing the palate, getting rid of all the bad memories of Game of Thrones, getting people excited for a big weekly, you know, fantasy show again. Um, and that's, I mean, that's all I'm about. And they're, they're leaning into the Targaryens. They're leaning into the, uh, the dynasty, um, new characters. Which is fun because they were literally like, that was their thing where they're like, oh, it's too expensive to make these dragons. Like during yeah. Game of Thrones, they use that as an excuse. And now they're like, whole show about dragons. Right. So exactly. So that it's going to be a new time period, new characters. So you're not going to have any hangover from, you know, the, the main series. Um, and, you know, uh, Weiss and Benioff are far, far away, not involved anymore whatsoever. Uh, the greatest Game of Thrones director, he's running the show. And then, of course, this, this is all being adapted directly from, George R. R. Martin's uh, own writing. So they're not making it up really. It's, it's pretty, pretty solid as far as the plotting and, and all that goes. So I think really, I think this is just going to be a home run. I mean, I get that people are skeptical, but I can't wait to see what they do with this. Right. Like you said, Miguel Sapochnik is the director yes, who is the one behind like Battle of the Bastards and, and uh, the Battle of Winterfell and all of the biggest, uh, most action packed episodes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I all of the people who were like, oh my God, they ruined the last season. I'm never watching Game of Thrones again. I don't care. Like week two, they're going to be gonna like, holy, it. they're like, holy shit, this is good. <laughs> like where I was on this from day one. Like, no, we remembered yeah. that you bailed on the <laughs> franchise. Like if you, I, that's always been one of my complaints of just like fandom in general of like, if you're able to say that uh, your final, final three episodes of, season eight or whatever however far you want to go back ruined like at least six fantastic seasons of television of like the best television ever like you're an idiot yeah. like that's that's so invalid so i like i am like you i'm super excited for this i just can't wait the targaryen side of things like i just said love danny i know she's not in this but that whole dynasty and, and the world is going to be 
super fun to explore and to to like you said there's writing to base this off of nobody's free balling out here so <laughs> we're gonna yeah we're gonna make it work i'm excited for it there. great yeah thank you uh, <laughs> yeah so exciting uh, you know we didn't get any new new images or like uh people in costume or any sets or anything but hopefully we'll get some of that uh you know maybe in the next you know few months or something but uh moving on finally to our big review for the week mortal combat first learned about this seven years ago on a mission in brazil to capture a wanted fugitive when we got there, it tore through our unit in seconds. The target had superhuman abilities. It had the same marking you do, Cole. It's a birthmark. What do you mean? He was born with it. It's not a birthmark, Cole. It means you've been chosen. Throughout history, different cultures all over the world reference a great tournament of champions. That dragon marking? I think it's an invitation to fight for something known. As Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat in general, before we really get into this, I don't have a ton of exposure to it. I've never seen the original films, the live action ones. I've never seen, I've never played the games like adamantly. I played maybe one of them a long time ago and it might've even been the DC versus Mortal Kombat one, which was kind of weird and fun. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I, I just know a few of the character names. I don't know much about the lore. And I had seen the trailer for this, of course, which I liked a lot, but I went into this relatively blind, I think outside of that. Yeah, I... And just like you, I think maybe at Fuddruckers as a child, when I got some quarters from my dad, I got to go over and play the, the Mortal Kombat game where I was just twiddling the joystick and mashing some buttons. So that's the extent of my, uh, that might've even been Street Fighter. I don't even know. I, uh, I'm not a true Mortal Kombat fan. <laughs> well, shit. Yeah, so, Fighter, who knows? so, uh, that's that's the extent of my uh my knowledge here of the fan base and the the lore so i knew coming into this movie that it was going to be extremely bloody extremely violent crazy stunts and that was about it so yeah that if if that's all i went into this then it was a success because it definitely delivered on that part but you know more on more on the rest later <laughs> all right that's promising uh, Mortal Kombat 2021 stars Louis Tan. Definitely going to butcher some of these names. Uh, Jessica McNamee. McNamee? McNamee, maybe. Mc I don't know. McNamee. Um, I think she's Australian. Josh Lawson, who is definitely Australian. Joe Teslim and Mikad Brooks. Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Rotten Tomatoes, Zach, 55% critic score. Definitely more in line with you um, and your feelings about the film. 87% audience score, though, which, again, these Warner Brothers films have been killing it, it must be said, uh, as far as the reception with audiences. I mean, even Tom and Jerry, um, and, and, which was horrible. <laughs> Don't bring that up. We don't say that horrible. name. Horrible. Uh, and Godzilla versus Kong more recently. Those, you know, they've all been, they've all been doing well. Um, 
Interesting score, to I, note, really, really yeah. quick. Tomato meter, like you said, fifty-five percent all critics. Moderate. When you go top critics, it drops it down to thirty-nine. Brutal, fatality. Um, <laughs> my score on Letterbox, I gave it a soft three and a half out of five. I liked it, uh, so I'd say maybe a sixty-five out of one hundred. Zach, what'd you give it? I was a two star out of five. Uh, this was. 41 out of 100 for me. Um, yeah, just like I said, the whole movie itself beyond any sort of slicing yeah. and dicing that the characters do was just lost on me. Not in like, not in the sense of like, I didn't understand what was happening. Zach could not possibly comprehend or keep up with everything that this uh, very, very high, high um, content. Bad, bad guy smash too confusing <laughs> high concept um, no but yeah i mean i the first of all i will say the speaking of people who can't keep up i was in an imax theater at south point to see this movie um obviously one buffer seat to my right and to my left and then there was right. a family of maybe like mom dad and like a middle-aged oh, child on my right and then like Middle-aged child? Was he 40? No, middle-aged, like, 12-year-old, <laughs> maybe. Like, but but then behind them, I guess their family split up onto two rows. So behind uh, them okay. um, was, like, another maybe, like, early teen brother. And then, like, I got to say, I didn't see him, but I heard the voice. Maybe, like, seven, eight-year-old. Um, literally, oh, yeah. the movie starts, and it's in a mixture of, like, Japanese and Chinese, and the subtitles yeah. pop up. And the kid goes, is it all like this? <laughs> and uh, and wait. so like the brother behind me had to read the everything to him for the beginning. And he was not whispering. And, That's funny. And then literally like not whispering. <laughs> any sort of anything that would happen. This Luckily, this is only for like the beginning that like the first like little intro when it's like the flashback. Um, and literally the dude shows like they show up and then they like hide the baby and then he goes what <laughs> happened to the baby and then he like oh was that Good this person Lord. who killed that like what was like literally so many questions and i'm like dude just watch the movie it was <laughs> devastating i That's was like thank, like i said thank god it did not continue the whole time or else That's i might have had to leave you would have had to hey i'd be like shut that i would have had up. a fatality him <laughs> um but the plot break it down real quick we got a beautiful synopsis here <clears throat> let me get my very serious moral combat voice going mma fighter cole young is unaware of his heritage or why outworld's emperor shang Tsung has sent his best warrior sub-zero to an other an otherworldly cryomancer <laughs> to hunt cole down Fearing for his family's safety, Cole goes in search of Sonya Blade at the direction of Jax, a special forces major who bears the same strange dragon marking Cole was born with. Soon, he finds himself at the temple of Lord Raiden, an elder god and the protector of Earthrealm, who grants sanctuary to those who bear the mark. Here, Cole trains with experienced warriors Liu Kang, Kung Lao, and rogue mercenary Kano, as he prepares to stand with Earth's greatest champions against the enemies of Outworld in a high-stakes battle for the universe. But will Cole be pushed hard enough to unlock his arcana, 
the immense power from within his soul in time to save not only his family, but to stop Outworld once and for all? Question mark. Who knows? We, we, we knows now. We do know, but did we want to know? Was this yeah, a good sure. movie? <laughs> Um, we've, we've kind of we've kind of hinted at just the general thoughts here so go ahead break it down for me what were your what beyond i guess what okay, you've already so, said what's what so, how did you feel about this movie let's get okay i liked it i enjoyed it now let's get the negatives out of the way up top how about that okay because okay, let's do it. because i will say getting into this film the opening scene that you mentioned where the kid needed all the uh you know description was a kind of a very cool, like low key, um, like flashback. I think it said 1600s Japan. Um, yeah. And that's where they established this, this basically rivalry between Sub-Zero and Scorpion. And so that sets the tone. And then we're immediately thrown into the present, which is where we meet Cole Young, which is Louis Tan's character, um, who's basically, I mean, he's like a faceless, you know, he's like a nobody he used to be i guess he used to be something of somebody because he was a good fighter he was a better fighter and now he's just kind of struggling along trying to get you know these paychecks from fighting on late notice getting his ass beat losing um and so i'd say maybe the first uh, i don't know when it was really that this movie really honestly kano made such a huge difference for me in this movie as far as like my level of interest and enjoyment. Um, so really it, it took like maybe 20, 25 minutes for Kano to show up. Uh, and then it was really once they got to Lord Raiden's temple and then the plot was like steadily moving along and they were getting more into training, more action sequences. Then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Like I can roll with this. Uh, there's enough action here that I think is working. And I think the, the characters interactions are like interesting enough. Um, but up until that, when it was introducing introducing Cole, it was introducing Jax, uh, Sonya. Um, I was like, R.I.P. Oh, Jax. I thought he was down for the count oh, I early he on. Fucking dem- they, he got demolished by Scorpion. I mean, he he got his arm shattered off, which we all see in the, the Red Band trailer. But then he gets thrown, like dropped down, like several stories, um, like face down on cement. He's like bleeding everywhere. Like it's just a pool um of blood and he gets rescued um and but yeah no so that first but that first 25 30 minutes i was like god i was like this is fucking bad like this is really not good like this is if this whole movie's like this this is not like i've made a mistake and i went into the movie i was skeptical i was definitely expecting it to not be good um yeah, I even consider just staying at home and watching an HBO Max, throwing it on, getting it over with just for the review. But I was like, hey, I got the AMC stubs. It's opening weekend. I can go see it IMAX. Maybe it'll be a fun time. And it was. It ended up being a really fun time. I said this on Twitter, but the fan, like the audience, it was a sold out crowd. The entire theater was packed. The parking lot was packed. Um, everyone was high energy. A lot of people I could overhear saying it was like their first movie back. The energy had the feeling of a first movie back. It was like opening night of like some like sports team. Um, and as soon as it, you know, it, again, it got, it was a bit slow getting out the gate. I think everyone else was also feeling kind of skeptical. They're like, eh, I don't know about this Cole Young guy. I don't know about how they're setting up the characters, all that kind of stuff. But once Kano shows up and he's dropping one-liners and he's so fucking funny, he, he feels like someone like out of a Deadpool movie. 
Um, I felt like he was very much like he could have been Captain Boomerang in Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's well, that's that's exactly what Captain Boomerang in Suicide Squad 2016 should have been. Exactly, like they should have gotten they should have gotten this guy to play him. Um, I'm sure you know Jai Courtney will be perfectly fine in, in James Gunn's version, but yeah, the 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 lewd, crude humor, the foul mouth, like misogynist, racist, it, it it fit. It was perfectly fit for the character. He was an asshole. He was like a, he was basically a villain um, that just you know had this this uh, uh, tenuous uh, alliance with some of the more heroic characters. Um, and then yeah, once we got some more action, some more you know crazy violence. I mean, everyone was into it. I mean, I was laugh. I was genuinely laughing at some of the jokes and some of the one-liners, especially from Kano. Um, I, I remember. I, I think again, once Kano showed up, it really got better. But there was, there's one line that's kind of like a throwaway, like dumb line, but it made me laugh out loud. And it's when they're first he gets to uh, Louis Tan's character, Cole Young. Cole shows up at Sonya Blade's place, um, and she has like this big wall full of evidence, like trying to find more, like figure out what Mortal Kombat is, figure out what the, the birthmark quote unquote is um, and what it all means. And he says something like, she says, oh, it all, it all leads to Mortal Kombat or something like that. And then Cole's like- Did you come up with that? You, you just made that up. Like, like look, look at this. It's not even written like right or something like that. I, I actually, didn't spell like, it right. Like, you didn't spell it right. I was like, okay, that's actually like kind of funny. Like I, I actually laughed out loud at that. And then- very like moments later is when Kano really is introduced and becomes like a, a key player in the film. And from there, uh, I felt more comfortable with it. I was laughing, like I said, a lot. It was a lot funnier than I expected. I really was just looking forward to the action and the violence and all that crazy stuff that you would expect, the fatalities and whatnot. But the characters were funny enough. I thought that their chemistry was good enough. They're back and forth. It felt like, you know, reminiscent of almost like an Avengers movie, especially the, the first one where they're all kind of meeting up and trying to work together and like figuring out who, you know, who's who and what, who, who, what uh, each character has to offer, things like that. Um, but yeah, and it's, you know, it's by no means uh, a great movie. Um, I think it's barely a good movie, but the level of enjoyment I got out of it I think what they do with some of the, the big characters that people love and, and kind of what they where they leave it at and what they establish for a potential sequel. Um, I thought it got the job done. I thought it was a suitable I mean Mortal Kombat again, it is a simple fighting game. And I know that there are there are bigger, more complex stories in that universe with that lore and the games over the years. Um, but I thought for a first movie, the tone felt right. Um and I thought they did right by uh, many of the characters, you know, most of them. Uh, you know, I thought you got the job. It was an entertaining, fun night out at the movies, and and it was a good experience, and everyone was into it, and that was it. I mean, I if I'd watched it at home, I don't think I would have enjoyed it nearly as much, and I, maybe my score would be different. But for now, I'm not racing back to go see it again. But I am definitely open to the idea of a sequel. If they were to do one, I'd be looking forward to it, and I would I would check it out. So I think that that kind of puts it over the edge for me as far as like the overall quality, like my feelings about it. Yeah. I would imagine that they are going to be doing multiple sequels. They definitely tried to set up for it with the, what's his name? Cole. I don't, I don't even know the person again. I don't know the lore, but the poster that it shows at the end of like the oh, fighter. Yeah, Johnny, Cage. To go recruit. Yeah. Johnny Cage. Um, sounds oh, like yeah. a porn star. Um, well, yeah. He's like a, like a low class, like a, b c d movie uh like actor <laughs> like <laughs> kind of like action hero 
Um, but uh, yeah, I, I guess my, my theater didn't have the same energy. Again, I saw it in IMAX. So beyond the, uh, the child behind me asking so many questions, nobody else had any great energy um, to make the experience better like you did. Again, the action was awesome whether it was seeing someone get sliced with open with their own blood frozen <laughs> together or just like it was the you mentioned Deadpool I think that's a good comparison of like the extra like yeah. the extreme gore and just like not holding anything back like we're really going for it um and they went for it they did it and it was enjoyable to to see all that but I didn't care about Cole I didn't care about um I mean, I get, I'm with you on Kano. He, when he showed up, he was brought the energy. He was very funny. Um, yeah. And I could see, like I said, I could see him in Suicide Squad and Deadpool and any sort of foul mouth movie. Um, yeah. But I was glad to see Jax make it back with his arms. Um, <laughs> the, when the, the dude I like his hat, development with that as well. Like it wasn't an automatic thing. Like, okay, you're back, man. You got your arms. You're, you're, you're super cool strength with, with robot arms. Like, no, he had right. to, he had to work for it. But yeah. the, the dude with the hat, was that, uh, Kung Lao or was Kung that Lao, yeah. when he sliced that woman in half with the oh. rotating hat, that was wild. Yeah. Yeah, um, people lost their minds and that. And then of course he says, uh, Oh, what most the hell pleasant saying? or whatever what, what is no, it i don't even know <laughs> no he didn't say fatality he said um perf- a flawless victory yeah most pleasant uh flawless uh, victory after that yeah that was, that was that was awesome but uh yeah i mean that beyond all that though like i did not care one bit about any of this that was going on um and i i know i'm always the one who's like turn your brain off movie which this definitely was but like yeah zach where are you at now bro you're kind of uh no i'm i'm rolling I'm, and i'm no i'm not i'm rolling this was like very much that but i i mean i feel like the fact that fans of the the, the video games and the lore and stuff are loving it like that means it did a good job that's not me it's not for me like they they very much catered to that audience and it sounds like it was a huge success with them and I was left by the wayside, which I'm totally fine with. I did not go into this knowing that I, or I did not, knowing that I did not go in and say, okay, I need to go read the Wikipedia page. I need to watch the old movie. I need to, like, I just didn't do it. So I'm not upset about that. I, it's, it's totally fine by me. I'm glad that the people who were super excited for this got what they wanted. Um, But, you know, I'm probably going to be sitting out Mortal Kombat two through five. Oh no. But yet, I mean, uh, uh, you know, on the flip side of that, as someone who also didn't know anything about this universe really or any of the characters, I did like it. I thought it I, I it did actually somehow work for me, even with maybe it was because I had some tempered expectations, wasn't expecting anything great or even good, um, or even mediocre. I was expecting the worst and it was not, it didn't feel like it was the worst whatsoever. It could have been a lot worse. I think I thought the effects were pretty good. I thought um you know, once again, they had a good amount of humor in there. Um, and I, there were def- there were genuinely parts where I was like kind of on the edge of my seat, like, oh, shit, like what the hell is going to happen? Kung Lao, um, you know, we're in spoilers, of course. Kung Lao gets fucking killed um, by uh, Shang Tsung, gets his soul sucked. Um, and that was uh, kind of a shocker. Of course, Mortal Kombat has a huge roster of characters to pull from, I assume. So 
uh, any sequel will of course bring in Johnny Cage and probably some others. Um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, of course I've, I've said that I liked it overall and I would, I would recommend it and you know, give it a look, but there were definitely some downsides to it. Um, namely, I think it was just a little too rushed. I think, you know, people prior to this were like, Oh my God, the runtime is so short. Like it's under, it's, it's not even two hours. Like, Oh, how are we possibly going to get all, get all this accomplished? And I'm thinking, it's a it calm down it's a it's a fucking moral combat like movie it's not that serious um and it isn't but i think they could have paid maybe 10 to 15 minutes extra time just for these characters and kind of building the, them up even a little bit more um Jax, for example when he shows up and, and and talks to cole young it's very we don't get a lot of Jax before that it's in like the car he's 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 recruiting cole he's giving you know he's dumping exposition He's connecting Cole to Sonia. Great. So he kind of works as that, that intermediary. But I would have liked to see some more of Jax um, prior to that or to have him built up a little bit more. Even Cole, I think, because he is such a blank slate um, and not a terribly interesting or original character, give him a little bit of extra. We have, of course, his daughter and his wife. And his daughter and his wife are like paper thin. Like they're not even characters. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we they have them established a little bit and they have like this very short scene at the beginning with them uh, and how his daughter's in the corner during the fight and all that. And I wish we would have gotten even more, you know, five, 10 minutes at the front end of that to, to just build those characters up a little bit more. So that when they're, they're kind of in, da in danger towards the end, you, you, you feel a little bit more involved, like the, the stakes are a little bit higher. Um, but yeah, I mean, that would be one thing I'd say. And then on top of that, I think the action, while I thought it was pretty good and mostly like passable, they could definitely improve in some areas, especially the editing. Like I think the action itself, whatever they filmed was probably good, but I think they just over edited it in some places. So you don't get to see the strikes as much. You don't get to see the impact and, and the aftermath as much. Um, so some, some wider shots, some uh, wider lens shots, some, uh, you know, less less choppy editing would definitely benefit in the in the future because i know some of these actors are very well versed in martial arts and have great training do their own stunts and stuff so you don't need to like cheat it or anything um outside of maybe a couple of the the key actors but um yeah and whether that means getting a new director for the sequel or getting a new writer getting a a different stunt coordinator cinematographer what have you um i think there's plenty of constructive criticism you could take from this and actually build it into making the sequel something even better. I mean, imagine if they went out and got David Leitch to direct the sequel, or if they, if they got Chad Stileski to come back, you know, come out and, and do the sequel. Someone like that, someone just a big gun for hire in the action genre. I think people would go absolutely nuts, and I think it would be a, a pretty damn good or great, um, you know, action movie. So uh, we'll see what happens. But um, again, a pleasant surprise. I'm shocked that I liked it. I'm shocked that I enjoyed it as much as, as I did. And I would definitely be down to see a sequel and I'm getting flashbacks to Sonic the Hedgehog last year where like I went into it with no expectations. This is like, the rare W for Johnny. It's the his, dumb uh... video game movie and I walk out of it. I, I laughed a lot. I had some fun. Uh, I cared about what was going on to an extent and I want to see a sequel and we're getting a sequel to uh, Sonic and that did well and we're hopefully the next one will be good and um, that's pretty much how I feel about this one. So hey. What, what can you say? Well, I'm glad that you and so many others have enjoyed this.
So something that we did not necessarily all enjoy. Let's move on. The Oscars. <laughs> the yeah. 2021, the 93rd Oscars last night. They happened. They were a thing. Before yeah. we get into all of the intricacies of who won what, I want to know. This was obviously the pandemic Oscars. It was done differently. They still did it in person, but they were trying to figure out the way to make this special. And the right. answer came in the form of let's make it like a movie, you know, not like a traditional television broadcast. What were your thoughts on the production of it all? I'm not going to lie. I missed the first 30 minutes or so probably. So I did not see what was supposedly the best part of it as far as like the actual show itself went. Yeah. Um, yeah, this shit was crazy, honestly. Um, I don't, uh, I, I don't, know what to say other than i mean it was the worst it was the worst oscars I've, i can remember watching i mean um of course they made a lot of uh changes for the pandemic to accommodate different you no know, capacity restrictions and uh you know less less guests and all that uh, different locations different types of sets but on top of that they made plenty of decisions that i don't think necessarily you know had anything to do with the pandemic or covid uh, protocols um you know chief among them best director and best picture were not last they were like in the middle of the show or at least best picture was not the very last award it was one of the it was like third uh, to last um and yeah it it was a uh, it was a shit show it was just a mess uh producers and the director steven soderbergh i mean they dropped the ball big time they didn't have clips for the acting categories um the only clips that they had they had uh for were the the feature uh category so uh documentary um animated and then best picture but i mean it just yeah, i don't know it was missing it was missing a lot for me and then the mm -hmm. final the ending of course i mean it was just a the last 30 minutes was just pure pandemonium. um and uh of course mainly in, in the form of best actor being last and i guess they were assuming or hoping chadwick boseman was gonna win um which was not at all um, did they not know like i feel no, like they don't know they don't know i feel like you should have known nobody knows until <laughs> until they open it up wild yeah they're, they're, the people the, the people responsible for the envelopes and actually tabulating the results though they're like they're a separate entity and they're the only ones that know so yeah they, it, it's nuts they're I mean, probably I, sitting on the sidelines going oh my god what are we what's like they, what do they, they think they're doing here yeah. <laughs> they're like hey that shit that shit ain't got nothing to do with us um but yeah uh which is funny because the la la land moonlight fiasco was kind of on them for the way that they they did up the uh the envelopes and whatnot but mm -hmm. um yeah this is uh i mean the the real bummer of it all is that while the show was horrible and bad and it has a horrible reception i there was not really maybe a couple of awards that i wasn't happy with who won but everything else i thought was pretty pretty much agreed great, um and excellent um even you know i know best actor was very uh hotly contested i don't think anyone was really even coming after anthony hopkins which was i was happy to see um but i wanted him to win i mean i was i was fine the, with him winning i was the only thing that makes it like negative is the fact that they rearranged the show to have it end with chadwick and if then it had, wasn't chadwick 
Like if it, they had done it like normal, this would not be an ordeal whatsoever. If they had done nah, it best been. actor, uh, Anthony Hopkins wins. He's not there. Okay, then it's best actress. Then Frances McDormand yeah. wins. She gives a speech, and then it's best yeah. like. And you this end is with on, no this is entirely Jones. on them. Like it's one hundred percent on them. They they made so many unforced errors um, with this. Uh, it's it's mind boggling, really. I mean, you. And it shows it's, it it shows in the numbers. I I want to mention that yeah, go 9.85 million viewers tuned in on average for Sunday evening, which is a le- a record low, down 58 58.3% less than last year, a 13.75 million viewer drop off. So last year was like the oh my god, we're coming back, it's a resurgence, parasite, and now it's like oh my like obviously the pandemic plays a part in that people didn't see as many movies, they didn't know as many of these and they didn't necessarily like want to tune in, but the, I'm sure that the production, if they did tune in, they probably turned the channel pretty quickly. Right. I mean, yeah, that's cause it, not only was it a mess, <laughs> but it felt like I understand it being more toned down, more low key, like more low energy, but it didn't have the same spectacle that a regular Oscars would have like wait you, you mean have... you don't you don't like Questlove playing pop music instead of hearing the score of a movie when it wins <laughs> oh god no disrespect to Questlove but damn yeah it was just small things like that you don't get to see the clips for the actors or any of the categories wait you no wanted to see clips. clips at a show about movies you, you about didn't see visuals you, you didn't get to see the cinematography you didn't get to see the costumes the art the makeup I said this on Twitter if you had only seen maybe a handful of these, if you're just a casual viewer, like, you know, my brother or my, my dad or something, or one of my friends, like you're gonna, not going to have a fucking idea what these people are talking about or what they're referring to. Like when they're, na- when they're naming the nominees or they're talking about, you know, the nominees or when they go up on stage and they're kind of like discussing their work and all that, like you have no reference point. I mean, even someone like myself, who is very, I mean, 99% of people are not going to be as in tune with this shit as I am just because people don't care in general. But like, I've seen almost all the films. Like I know the nominees pretty well. And even I was like, well, okay, it'd be nice to have some supplementary material here to like really keep everything in tune and like let people I know. I mean, just what think we're about last year when we were like all year saying, oh my God, if the Rick Dalton trailer scene isn't played for Leo at the Oscars, like there was right. none of none of that. And then- also another thing that they typically do is like throughout the night they introduce the best picture nominees you know it's not just like yeah. wait until the very end um and that's something that they didn't do as well but i know you mentioned it as far as winners not too many that were surprising or upsetting i mean obviously the biggest surprise is hopkins over bozeman and like you yeah. said not upset about that you wanted that yeah. francis mcdormand over carrie mulligan for best actress also somewhat of a surprise that that whole category was very up in the air. The statistical favorite was Carrie Mulligan. Um, but again, not upset that Frances McDormand won her third yeah. career best actor or actress Oscar. Like nobody's going to be upset about that. Which is And nuts. then not surprises in either of these, but very pleased with Yoon Yoo Jung for Minari getting supporting actress and then our King Daniel Kaluuya for supporting yes, actor. Sir. Like the only one that made me upset just because I hated the movie was Mank winning cinematography over literally anything else. I know you're big on Sean Bobbitt and Judas, yeah. but I feel like Nomadland was the Nomad favorite Land. there. Yeah, definitely. Um, but other than that, I mean, I really, 
don't have much to say about the specifics of the the awards and who won and whatnot because the biggest takeaway here was just about the whole like shit show of the the show itself right um yeah i mean that's really that's really what it is isn't it and i hope you know i like the oscars and i i get all the trepidation i get all the criticism i hate the academy the academy is run by a bunch of, of idiots um and they've shown that in spades this year. There's no denying that. Um, yeah, across the board. Um, but I still love that we get like this fun special occasion where we can just recognize some of our favorite films from the past year. And we get to see, you know, hopefully you get to see some clips and you get to hear some of this, the music and you get to see some performances and everyone dressed up. And it's like this big fun kind of gaudy thing. Um, which is fine. I mean, it's what, I mean, it's the film industry. I mean, what, what else do you expect? Um, but yeah, it just didn't have the same feel to it. I mean, the unpredictability of it was still kind of there, similar to last year with Parasite, you know, doing so well, but it, it just, it didn't have, it felt a little, I felt icky when it was over and that's not how I want to feel. <laughs> like the Oscars last year, the ending felt so fantastic. It was like, oh my God, Parasite. Like, oh my God, everyone was going crazy. And it was just, it was exciting, but this year still a lot of excitement i was still happy with the winners but overall the ceremony itself and and the takeaway um yeah i'm looking forward to next year i'm hoping it's a a lot better than this and for those looking to get a jump on next year like johnny mentioned it'll be coming to the site soon but the way too early oscar predictions for next year he's breaking it all down tons of movies tons of options so that'll be up on the site soon yes sir but uh other than that it's happening (laughs) <laughs> it's it's killing it. he's been working that that's why he started it now so it'll be ready by next oscar season. Yeah. <laughs> um, get my soul sucked <laughs> but that is our episode thank you all for listening we really appreciate it we stuck with us for an hour and a half almost two hours today so uh we really appreciate you tuning in i guess this is two hours now math is hard yeah no absolutely uh thank you so much to everyone for for supporting and listening we couldn't do it without you and it certainly um keeps us going so thank you thank you thank you follow us on twitter we have some giveaways going on um blu-rays all that good stuff um instagram like us on facebook subscribe on youtube we post all the podcast episodes there in their entirety and you can find those accounts at inside film room yes like johnny said judas and the black messiah blu-ray giveaway as well as the little things so two hbo max warner brothers movies that if you didn't catch them in theaters you didn't catch them on hbo max you can catch them for free if you win our raffle all you have to do is like johnny said follow us on twitter at inside film room and give us a retweet and while you're in the generous spirit subscribe rate and review wherever you get your podcasts we're on apple stitcher spotify google amazon youtube we are everywhere and come back next week mitchell's versus the machines animated movie on netflix hits the streamer april 30th we'll be breaking it all down and we'll see you then Thank you.